0: Okay guys, welcome to another episode of the Blues Brothers podcast, a show that discusses all things football and particularly Chelsea FC, with plenty of debates, deliberations and questions made by the fans for the fans. And this week I'm delighted to be joined by another guest, We've got Nick from That Chelsea Podcast. You know what I mean? Nick, thanks for coming on and taking the time, really appreciate it. Um, i like to start the podcast off for the same question for every guest. Uh simply why Chelsea for you? What's the story behind you following the club?
1: Uh my uncle. I think with most people it comes down to to family members, uh getting them in. Uh so yeah my uncle got me my first uh Chelsea kit. I think it was the centenary shirt. I think won, so about 05 six seasons. That was pretty yeah. pretty cool. Uh um, my other uncle's a West Ham supporter so thankfully I say my Chelsea spawn uncle got to me first. Uh made me a blue and yeah it's yeah just you yeah, fell in love with a club life straight away. My uncle took me to my first game. I think following season, FA Cup tied Macclesfield Town. We won six-one. Frank got a hat trick from that day on. He was my hero. Um, so yeah, it's just been been a real
0: you know pleasure. Love. I've been very lucky. You know what I've been able to witness. Yeah, but, uh, it's, been yeah. Some, it's been some. It's been some great special. times, isn't it? From starting at that point, I remember that those those first Mourinho years, uh, two thousand and four to seven. I was lucky enough to be seasoned to get older, so that's where some of the best football kind of seen in in some of Chelsea's history really um so yeah certainly a good time to, to start following the club and seeing a lot of success since then but moving forward to kind of obviously this season now um has the start as a whole discarding kind of the last few matches where we performance levels have a bit a little bit has has this surprised you how well we're doing or are you kind of expecting it on off the back end of last season
1: um it's quite tough really I said look on our podcast of the start of the season we did some predictions what would happen in Chelsea season and we we kind of all predicted we might we come second we thought we'd just miss out on the title uh just because of the quality I think we predicted City would win it just because of the quality they've got um the Chelsea Champions League group you know we came second but in the ms kind of worked out for the best you know fingers crossed uh with that with that draw against Lille so in the quarterfinals of Carabao Cup I thought Chelsea you know the kind of whereabouts I thought we might be um yeah as said pretty pretty happy with how it's going i thought we you know certainly was this season was hoping for a lot more comfortable top four finish which we should get and hopefully you know challenging for a title which again you know we are very much in the mix so yeah i'm like surprised not maybe just for with maybe like up till recently the lack of goals we had conceded this year it Mm. seemed kind of ridiculous you know how we conceded so few up till till recent weeks but not not too surprised just purely because you know thomas tuchel is is a brilliant manager and we've you know we signed we've got a good squad and he's, you know, had time now working with this squad, getting his ideas across and we, we look good.
0: Yeah, no, we do. And I think it's so easy to forget that he's not even been here a year yet and he's already made this much of a difference. So if you look at the likes of, you know, Pep and Klopp and what they've done at Manchester City and Liverpool, respectively, that's taken them a long time to build. They certainly didn't do as well in their first, say, 11, 12 months as what Tuchel's been able to do here. So I think it, it, it does bode well. Yes, as you mentioned, a few... Maybe small cracks have appeared in, in in recent weeks with a lot of injuries in, in in certain areas, and obviously you can't keep performing to such a high level week in week out. So it's bound to be a little dip. But yeah, I think we've done we've done really really well. And you know, following Chelsea as we do, you're only other a couple of poor results away, and it's suddenly a, a, a huge crisis. But as you said, we're what we're two points off the top of the league. Last sixteen of the Champions League with a favourable draw, quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. I mean, it's not, exactly, it's not exactly a bad position to be in at all. Um, but obviously, looking ahead to the kind of Christmas fixtures that we've got coming up, I mean, Chelsea in December is notoriously not always a great match. It proved to be the undoing of Frank Lampard last season. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you expect from these Christmas fixtures? Obviously, we started off with um, a, a win against Watford. Poor performance, really, but we got the points. Um, obviously, lost to West Ham. draw with Zenit Champions League, kind of a bit of a dead rubber, ultimately didn't really matter too much. And then obviously we just scraped by with a 3-2 win against Leeds at the weekend. I mean, Nick, what are you expecting from this Christmas run? Do you feel it's as simple as kind of, if we can get through this and we kind of say, best case scenario, we're top or we're within five points by the time we get to that Liverpool game at the start of the new year, then then we've got a good chance?
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I think ultimately with the injuries we've got, We've got to just try and stay in there. Um, I think ultimately we can't really lose any more ground. I think because just purely because of the quality of the two teams we play. Obviously, I know we've got Liverpool and City in January, but I don't want us to be going into those games knowing that, you know, we have to, obviously, we will will go in wanting to win, but I don't want us to be going in this like having to win to close a gap. Like if we can go into those games, maybe a gap still of like two points of what it is now, then I think that's fine um it is yeah it is crucial we we kind of you know just get through december obviously yeah watford we were absolutely horrendous uh but then we had two two brilliant moments but it's kind of what this team is at the moment it's almost we're a bit of a moments team really yeah you know these last few weeks in december say watford we were awful watford definitely deserves something from that game but two two moments of brilliance from us and we win west ham i actually think is probably you know that first half is probably the best we played in december Mm Um really we played really well that first half we were in control. Obviously, we gave a stupid penalty, but we were still winning at half time. And that second half, we just didn't we just didn't turn up. Losing kite was a huge blow uh for that second half. And and yeah, it wasn't good. Zenit, Zenit's hard to really read into too much because you've got that team was yeah, not 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 great. And when you've got Sar and Sal on the left side of the defense, you're kind of asking for problems. So as Zenit, you know, don't read too much into, you know, and then yeah, Leeds, Leeds was Leeds was we weren't good against leads really you know again it was stop start we started all right we concede a the goal confidence drops takes a while to get back into the game we get into the game you know we get the equalizer we then go two and up we then retreat we then invite pressure and then unlike previous weeks where you'd say we could hold on to a lead we can't hold on to a lead. It does kind of seem inevitable that we will concede at some point and then again we we go out there having to, to try and win the game and this week we're able to to get over the line and do it so yeah it's, it's December's been really just really weird really bizarre it's just been I guess yeah traditional chelsea which is which is frustrating given given you Neville, know, what we're hoping to go for this season but yeah i think if we can just get through through december some tough games coming up i mean you know everton really we, sh- we should be being on Thursday. of their injuries etc but but wolves before christmas that's going to be a really tough game yeah um and, and villa with gerrard as well that's going to be tough so there are some tough games more opportunities to slip up but we can't afford to slip up now in the title race we can't we've mm. got we've got to be pretty much near perfection going into january because we
0: can't let this gap widen Yeah, no, I agree. I think this at the moment is just about, we're obviously in a slight dip of form. Um, It's going to come to, it'll come to Manchester City or come to Liverpool as well, but at the moment they're relentless and they just don't look like dropping any points at all. So for me, this period, whilst they're so hot and whilst we're kind of refinding our feet again, I think it's just vital that forget the performance for now. We just keep getting a three points and staying in touch so that we can strike when their dip comes off. I think Liverpool might have a slight dip in January, no Salah, no Mane for the Nations Cup. Um, that's probably going to make a big difference to them. And City do have a tendency to throw up the odd game where they just don't really turn up. You know, where they drew to Southampton at the Etihad, they lost to Crystal Palace as well. That like they are prone to a prone to a result there. So it's kind of just crucial that we that we keep um, we just keep at it, regardless of our performances at the moment. I mean, what what do you obviously having started so well, been top of the league for quite a long time. Obviously, we now dropped to third, unfortunately, after the West Ham defeat. What do you put down to the slight dip in form? And really, arguably, Tuchel's first real difficult spell in charge, you could almost say. Do you think it's simply just down to the Ben Chilwell injury and all the injuries piling up in the centre of the park? Or do you think it's a little bit deeper than that?
1: I think it's injuries. I'm going to be honest. I think I think it's injuries. I think Ben Chilwell is a huge blow. He's been he's in been, been an unbelievable form for us. He, him and Reece, such a crucial part of our attack. The backs this year for us have been so massive. And Look, Marcus Alonso, he, he's a decent player. He's been a very good player for Chelsea. He's, you know, good servant, scored some big goals, helped us win some trophies, but he, he's not Ben Chilwell. He's not someone you want to be playing week in, week out. And when you go from Ben Chilwell to Marcus Alonso, you notice that difference. You just do. Uh, it, it's, look, it is it's just coincidence, obviously, but we haven't kept a clean sheet since Chile's been injured. We have been conceding goals and it's obviously, that's not all just on Marcus. Uh, obviously, you know, defensively there have been a lot of individual errors, but I just think ultimately, you know, we're injuries are hurting us as well because you, you also need that midfield to, you know, provide some protection when you've had Jorginho playing through the pain barrier. Ruben lost the Cheek probably playing more than more than we'd have liked him to play, uh, basically because he said to play due to to no Kante and Kovacic. You know, you are gonna, you know, struggle. You know, there have been at times where our midfield is, has really struggled. I think Ruben, you know, ultimately since since the Juventus game, he on, he's only had one good game really, and that was that was West Ham. And we are struggling with injuries. Um, His mentality, you know, a a question. Maybe, you know, you can question it because we see the same patterns happening again sort of in December with all these, you know, with quite, you know, this group now, like quite a few of these players have been here multiple years. We have seen similar things. So maybe that is a cause for concern. But ultimately, I think injuries are are really hurting us because, you know, I don't think you just go from how we looked against Juventus just at the end of November to, to how we look now without, you know, just without it being injuries, because we are we are struggling. And I think, you know, Chelsea have got good depth, but like you don't want all those depth players playing at the same time. That's ultimately what we've had for the last few weeks and now we're struggling because yeah, as I said, we've got some decent depth, but one or two to play fill in, not four or five to to fill in, and that's where we're we're struggling at the moment. So it it's it's worrying and as I said, we've just got to we've just got to try and get through through this period because say we are making a lot of individual errors now, you know, even someone like Mendy who has been felt really assured even here's someone like you know, his distribution in recent weeks has been quite suspect you know making you feel a bit more nervous now when before you just felt so safe with him so it's yeah it's just one of those where I think injuries ultimately have really hurt this team because we are we are struggling and say you take I know Van Dyke, Tiago or, or Fabinho out of Liverpool you know you, they are going to struggle you know you take out some of the city's key players they will struggle as well they've got depth but if you take a big amount of those players out like we have they'll struggle as well it's just one of those things
0: yeah and i think like it's irritating when you see people particularly twitter's not the best place to look sometimes after games etc but when you see people say oh we should never have loaned out gilmore and gallagher etc what people don't seem to realize is that you know you don't bank you don't you don't have depth of like five or six people in a squad in the same position you probably have four like we've got and you don't bank on them all being injured at the same time so like you know if we would kept those those two guys they would have hardly played, and it would have been, and it would have been pointless. We've just been thwarting their development. But yeah, I mean, it's important that we kind of, you know, we we snap out of these individual errors because, as I say, it, is, it has cost us points in, in recent weeks. Obviously, United cost points. West Ham it probably cost us at least one point. Um, I thought we were good enough for for, for a draw there. So. Yeah, it's crucial that we, we 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 do get back into it. Um, but I, I think you know it's not a huge course. I think it's more we're more than good enough to to do it. I mean, but have these last few weeks really highlighted how important N'Golo Kante is to this side? I know he's getting he's getting towards. I think he might be thirty just now or just coming up to it. He seems to be picking up a lot more injuries than he does. Do you, like but this last few weeks particularly with how lightweight we've looked in midfield, etc., and how open we've been uh, defensively as well. Do you think? Uh, really has just highlighted how massive he is for this team.
1: Oh, look, N'Golo Kante is a big loss. He all, he is like, you know, a player of his quality, any team's going to miss him. Uh, I don't think it's just N'Golo, though. I think, you know, Kovacic, he was in brilliant form. It's just the fact that we're ultimately having to run Jorginho into the ground, we're having mm-hmm. to play Ruben, you know, alongside him as well. I think that's ultimately, that is hurting us. It's not just, you know, Kante's injury. It is, it is a multiple of injuries, but obviously, yeah, Kante is a big blow. He is a brilliant player. He is a truly, truly world-class player. We saw how good he was last year in that Champions League run. We know his qualities, any team would miss N'Golo Kante and a fully fit N'Golo Kante obviously starts for us. But it's, yeah, it, it's tough to say. I don't think it's, you know, necessarily just down to one injury because I also think, you know, at the start of the season, we'd actually, you know, Kante had missed quite a few games. Yeah. We'd actually done all right with that and we'd go into a position where, you know, we we were top of the league, and I didn't think it'd be possible for us to, you know, last season. I didn't think it was possible for this Chelsea team to really go challenging for a title without and go to Cante. I didn't think Kovacic or Jorginho could do a job for us, but they've proved me wrong. And, and you know, this year they had put us in a position where we were top, we were doing well. You know, and that was basically without that was without Cante for for quite a large part of the season. Anyone, you know, being in and out of the side, so it's not just Kante, It is obviously, you know of a, a multiple players kovacic is a big blow he probably the bit well, i think this season we were seeing the best version of Mateo kovacic uh, and again this is coming from someone who who is not who wasn't necessarily his biggest fan you know last season or whatever so he's coming good and as i uh, mentioned earlier i don't want to bang on about it. a it's such a big blow he just yeah. is but it, 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 i think it really has upset this te- this team and it does it does worry me because i do think it does ha- hurt us like what we want to achieve going forward but you know fingers crossed There was some decent news outside you know with Benchu or today yeah. but he's, you know outside you know, so hopefully he'll be back. You know, relatively soon. But yeah, it's, it's tough. It's obviously Kante is a big blow, but he isn't. He's not the only one we're, we're missing badly.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a case of things are just piling up a little bit for us, and it's definitely certainly not panic stations um, at all. I think you know, football fans can be very reactionary. Certain sections of the fan base can just like kind of lose it. At, 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 you know, the smallest things and think you know the club's about to implode, but. As I touched on at the start of the show, you know, we, we, we are in a very good position still at the moment, despite everything that's gone on so far. I mean, obviously, we move on to Everton on Thursday night of the return of Rafa Benitez to Stamford Bridge. I'm sure he'll get a great reception from the home fans. Um, but, Nick, this is obviously another, I guess it goes in the category, like the Leeds game, of a must-win, really, uh, in you know, for, for us. Um, do, do you envisage any issues with this game? <sighs>
1: Well, I don't want to say I don't envisage any issues. And then, you know, this. we look back and we've, we've, we've scraped the draw or whatever. But look, we should be beating Everton. They're in horrendous form. You know, it does give me some confidence that they beat Arsenal a couple of games ago. So it's not like they haven't won for, for forever. And we, you know, we're that team that, that helps them get it get it some sort of positive result. Uh, Everton just look really bad at the moment. You know, a lot of injuries for them as well. Uh, this shouldn't This shouldn't cause us problems. It shouldn't. But it's, it's really hard to predict because, you know, Leeds, while well, we were aware we it was going to be, you know, still quite a tough game, but with all their injuries, that game shouldn't have been as tough as it was for us. So, look, I don't want to say, you know, it's going to be easy for us. It, it, we We probably won't make it easy, but I think we should be you know, we should be able to, to grind out a win. And, you know, if we can get a 2, two nil win, three-one, one whatever, then that's absolutely fine. That's what we've got to do. Because, as I say, it felt huge. Jorginho's penalty and in injury time against Leeds, honestly, to me, felt like that kept us in the title race. It's, yeah. I know it might have seemed hyperbolic, but it's December, and we didn't want to be from being top against, you know, going into the West Ham game to then being four points off City, in, you know, just in the space of in two games. That would have been, that would have been truly horrendous for place for us to be in so you know that felt huge and to say it feels like we everton is just a must win doesn't matter how we do it but there can't be any excuses for not being everton and ultimately if we don't beat everton then we sh- you know we don't really deserve to be you know going for that Premier League title because you've got to be everton they, they are struggling they are in bad form you know benitez is end near for him you know we have to wait and see but there there can be no excuses for not being everton on thursday especially no. at, at home
0: where they you know they have a horrendous record at stanford bridge as well so there yeah. can be really no excuses I mean they I think they they've only got one they've got one win since September and that was obviously Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. Uh in as I say in terrible form, got a lot of injuries. Um so this, as I say, these are the sort of games, you know, your leads at home, your your Everton's at home that you that you have to um you have to win if you want if you're gonna challenge for a league title, you have to win these games at home against this sort of mid-table opposition. Otherwise, as you touched on, you know, you don't really deserve to 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 be up there in with a shout of winning the league if you can't do it against these sides but in terms of obviously we've got Wolves away on Sunday which is arguably the more difficult of the two games we faced uh, this week Um, in terms of kind of Tuchel with a line-up uh, for Thursday night um, are you expecting him to have half an eye on Sunday or is it kind of full focus on this one I mean do you think we'll, we'll see Lukaku from the off?
1: I mean that's tough I'll be honest here not it Tuchel cool. like, I was getting quite frustrated on Saturday with Tuchel with the, the, the lateness of his subs it did feel like quite annoying. I, we were going long. I can't remember if Leeds, it felt like we were going, you know, ping it up top, you know, quite long for maybe the last 10, 15 minutes and he wasn't on the pitch. I was thinking, I know Rom's, you know, struggled recently, but that's that's one of his strengths, you just ping it to him and he can try and hold the ball up. Look, it's tough. Obviously, Rom Everton, there's probably, you know, quite a nice opportunity for him to play there. I'd probably stick with Kai up top, though. I think Kai I wasn't amazing against Leeds, but I still think he still does offer us something quite good up there. I said I actually think he was really he was really good against Watford earlier in the month and he was pretty decent against West Ham but first off, I would be tempted to to start with Kai up top again against Everton obviously I gonna you know we go back back to the game last year against Everton at the bridge when we won 2-0 Kai was really good that night as well yeah. you know had a goal I think ended up as an own goal or whatever you know had a goal disallowed for offside Won a penalty etc he was really really good that night so sort of in that in that false nine or whatever position up top so I would be really tempted to play him. I guess, you know, in terms of changes, I guess there's not really many you can make because I don't think Kovacic is out of isolation yet and he'll no. be a bit rusty. So you'd still, you know, looking at the same back three, probably maybe Christensen in uh the same midfielders played, you know, same wing backs. And I think really the only changes up top is I'd probably take Timo, Timo out for, for Callum hudson to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think this one's probably come too soon for Kante as well. Um, obviously, back in training, along with Chalaba today. Um, they'll probably make the squad, but I wouldn't expect either of them to to finish. Uh, sorry, not to finish, to, to start the game. I mean, if, if we're kind of in control, we might see them get a few minutes coming on. But if, if we've learned anything with Kante, is not to rush him back. because He'll just pick up, he'll just pick up another injury and we can't really you can't afford for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think most will, um, there won't be a lot of changes. You touched on as Christensen for Aspie. probably, I think the wing backs will stay the same and yeah, I, I'd like to see Callum start as well. i we just just a quick question come in. Um, just bring it up on the screen. Uh, honest, what are your honest opinions on Ruben Loftus cheek? I mean, Chelsea fans love him. Um, he is 25 now, so we can't you know, keep saying he's, he's a young prospect. He needs to start realising his potential. I think he's shown glimpses, but you know, with the likes of Conor Gallagher sort of tearing it up at Palace and likely to come back into the senior squad next season. Chelsea constantly being linked with Declan Rice as well. Ruben's really got to take this op- these opportunities he's been given. And I just feel that he's just not quite reached his potential in these performances. And I think he's all... Would you agree that he's kind of almost fighting for his Chelsea career,
1: in a sense, this season. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I don't think many of us thought he would have a huge role to play at the start of the mm. season, obviously due to injuries he's played more than he has. I actually think, Ruben, as I said, Ruben up to, you know, say, I think Juventus was, you know, that's a decent mark to measure him. Because I think up till then, whenever he played, he'd been pretty brilliant for us, yeah. to be honest. Whenever he played, he played well. And then, you know, he came against Juventus and he was good. And then I think, you say, Watford, he was responsible for, for the goal they scored. He loses the ball in midfield uh west ham i thought he, he was really good yeah. but i think that's literally the only good performance i think i've seen from him the last you know a few games man united he was poor he was just held on the ball too long um leeds yet yeah, again i know i saw on twitter like a lot of his stats were good uh anyway and all these so but i you know just from what i saw with the eye test i wasn't really that impressed with, with what i saw from him against leeds and it's tough. i think i don't you know don't be too harsh on ruben because he's playing probably a lot more than he expected to probably a lot more than he's used to. Um but I think, yeah, it would be fair to say that he, his, his levels have dropped off from what they were early on in the season. I think that's certainly fair to say.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, as Chelsea fans, we all want to work out. And because he's from the academy, one of our own, etc. You was probably a bit more patience with him. But yeah, these these games are so crucial for him. And if, he, and if he's going to be around next season, still, play, still playing a role. I just wanted to touch on someone else before we move on. Um, Lukaku seems to obviously divide opinion, uh, certainly amongst many fans, but... I mean, what, what what have you made of him? Firstly, were you, I know he's been injured for about six, seven weeks, kind of just getting himself back into it. Were you, initially, were you happy when the club brought him back?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I was when we brought Romelu Lukaku back. I thought that's a brilliant signing. You know, I don't want to say it felt like a surefire thing, but it did. You know, he was brilliant on his debut against Arsenal. That I literally watched that and I was probably like, wow. I mean, I was a big defender of Tammy Abraham. I love the kid. I didn't agree with how Thomas Tuchel treated him last year. But I was like, okay, this is a step up. This guy's an upgrade on what we've got. He's probably, you know, I've not seen a striker like this since Costa. That was reality. That's what, just from our Arsenal game alone, he was superb. Um, And yeah, he has struggled with injuries. And look, I think ultimately, you know, at times we've not played, you know, we've not really played, I guess, to his strengths. I'd also argue that, you know, he's joined the Champions of Europe and I'd also argue he probably needs to try and adapt to some of our strengths as well. I don't think it's just all, you know, one way. We've got to just play to him and play to his strengths. I think there's got to be a fair bit of a middle ground met, But... Yeah, he's been he's tough. It's tough to really, really measure him. Not West Ham he annoyed me a lot. I'll be brutally honest. That second half, he annoyed me a lot. He was like a lamppost up front. That was best being brutally honest, he was so poor. But I, you've also got a caveat was he was coming back from injury and he probably wasn't really fit for 45 minutes of, of of football that second half. So it's quite tough to judge. Um but I think it's you know it's encouraging to say that we can play we can win games of football yeah. playing a false nine. I just remember whenever we played it felt like whenever we play that system under under Conte or, or even someone like Sarri, the Vals9 seemed, you know, very suspect at times. I didn't really have full faith in it, whereas with Tuchel, I do have faith in it. So, yes, yeah, tough one. Look, Lukaku, he's had a str- poor start to the season by his standards. Obviously, injuries haven't helped, um, but I've got confidence in him. He's a top striker. I think it will take time as well. And look, so I don't think it's probably helped, that he's not played with, you know, a settled front three. That front three has rotated so much that it's really hard to build up. You know, some chemistry because i just think even that you know his first say his first game against arsenal he linked up so well with mason and kai and it's unfortunately not really been been seen since but ah uh, look i'm not you know I'm, I'm delighted we signed rom i think he will come good but it's obviously taking a bit more time than we'd have liked and it's also maybe you know realizing as well that yeah he cost 100 mil yeah we want him to be paying more but also we can survive out romilly lukaku which i think
0: is a really good thing yeah, I think it's important that we've stepped away from becoming so reliant on one player. I think in the, in, towards the end of Hazard's time at Chelsea, we were so reliant on just one player and if he didn't play well, then we likely wouldn't win. So it's great that Lukaku's in, but ultimately we're not over-reliant on him and su- to such a point that we can't win matches unless he plays. Um, but on him still, what 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 do you think we need to do as a team and what does he need to do as well to kind of get the best out of him because i always look every time he plays i'm surprised at how few chances we create with him considering how many creative players we've got we don't seem to create a lot of opportunities for him but as a caveat to that i think he he also needs to do a little bit more as well we need i think he needs to you know run channels a bit more maybe just do a bit a bit more movement um as you touched on i wasn't fit against west ham but it was like he wasn't there for that second half
1: yeah, no, I guess West Ham, it was like we were playing with 10 men. I mean, probably eight men, because Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi did absolutely <laughs> nothing either. Well, that second half, honestly, those three sides did really... And be, oh, look, with Rom, it's tough. Look, we know, you know, we, we like to press as a team, and we know with Rom, that's not going to happen. He's not that pressing forward. You know, you can probably look into the numbers, but, you know, whenever Rom plays out, the amount of times we press or whatever, it, it's, it's a lot lower than it was last season. I think, ultimately, you know, we've got to... It doesn't feel like we get the ball to him perhaps quick enough when he plays whether that's due to his movement whether that's down to how we play but I just you know it's tough I think ultimately is it due to who he plays with I remember this Southampton game you know we had he played and we had Werner and I think Hudson-Odoi on the wings in that first half especially we, we have so much Southampton left so much space and I know Rom perhaps didn't benefit a huge amount from but someone like Timo did you know he was really good and I remember I think Rom had an offside goal that game but it's it's tough how do we get the best of rom like i i, I don't quite know because i'm like yeah it, it's not not the easiest thing let say the lack of wing backs again i think you know it'd been it'd been nice to see rom sort of in might been in rom in this team when ben Chilwell and reese james were in that prime form of theirs i might been nice to see like ultimately i do think we do get a bit predictable from you know we work we try and work cross into box or so the amount of times especially Matt west ham game we attempted cutbacks but just got cut out it was it was quite frustrating you know can we play maybe balls in behind for him sure it's it's tough i think you know ultimately he's going he's you know the premier league is probably you know teams don't leave on the whole a huge amount of space against us so we've got to be careful how we play we've probably got to try and you know that link up playing i know it sounds basic but could we maybe try and go but he, he's obviously more talented than Giroud but could we maybe try and utilize him maybe more at points like we did Giroud you know because Giroud has it said you know has love playing with him love that link up play he got and while, you know, it might not necessarily be the best for Rom, it did help us as a team quite a lot when Giroud did play. So, I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't really know the answer on Rom. Uh, probably, you know, I have to see more of him. But I think ultimately he's got to adapt to us and we've got to adapt him. I think that has got to be a bit of a middle ground. I don't think we can just go one or the other because, say, he's 100 million. But we are also, he came to a team that were won the Champions League, playing a certain style of football. Tuchel had success playing a certain style of football. So, that's got to be... A middle ground met, but yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one to really see. Obviously, you know, I don't have a, I, I don't know, you know, who our best front three is yet to to try and really work with him. So it's quite tough to say how you get best out of him. But yeah, so it's it's quite tough to to really work out.
0: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I think there's no doubt he's got immense quality, and he's. I, I don't think there's a more proven goal scorer in terms of in 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 terms of Lukaku. You know, he's scored goals absolutely everywhere he's been. So I don't if like I mean. I'm not saying I'm I'm fully confident that it will work out. I think he's a great striker. He's a molder striker that Chelsea have had great success with over the years. He's in that Drogba and Costa type striker that we, as I said, had success with. You know, he's not like a Morata or a Torres or a Shevchenko. That kind of striker we have not had a lot of success with over the years. Um, Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, we have to find a middle ground. We need to do a bit more for him, but he needs to do a bit more for us as well. And I mean, I'm, I'm fully confident that it will work out. But I guess like with our kind of number nine curse as such, there's always a slight niggling thought in the back of your mind that whenever a striker comes to Chelsea, no matter how good they've been anywhere else, you always worry that it might not work out because so many top quality players have come and it hasn't worked out. But hopefully, you know, Rom can be, Rom can be different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going right. to take a little bit of time. It's going to take time. He's missed six, seven weeks with that ankle injury and that's time on the training pitch that he would have been, you know, working on team shape, working with like link up stuff with with the other guys at the top end of the pitch and he's obviously missed all of that so it is going to take him a little bit of time but hopefully you know he can get a few goals and and get get on his way again but um, yeah. I just wanted to I look just, yeah.
1: sorry can I just take talk a to you as well? yeah. I think uh, Kovacic is a, I think Kovacic is probably quite a big loss to this as well because you look mm-hmm. I mean you just look at his first goal against Aston Villa that's Kovacic that's a brilliant yeah. ball that's kind of what he wants you know he take a touch in the inside of the defender and score I think Kovacic as much as you know again some you know player who quite a lot us probably were critical of him his final his final ball final for this year his assist stats you know he was creating a lot more chance for us his you know final ball was a lot there for us I think that's probably a big blow and again I think also ultimately could he, he might benefit as well playing with Timo more I know it was only briefly but again we played that game against Spurs when we won 3-0 especially in that second half him and Timo were linking up so well I know we were obviously 2-0 up Spurs we trying to go for it a bit more but he was linking up so well. He was, you know, bullying defenders. I think ultimately, you know, he probably is the same. He kind of, you know, went out when he got injured. That was just just as we were starting to, you yeah. know, just before we started to really hit that, that peak form. We hit Hunter Tuchel, you know, before that we kind of just been getting by and he's not really. And then by the time he's come back, obviously, a lot of those players who were in form have also been been injured. So it is quite tough. But yeah, I think obviously we'll have to wait and see. But hopefully when we've got, you know, all these players back, then hopefully that
0: that will benefit him. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I completely agree. Fully fit squad back and everyone playing, then I think Rom will start to show the potential and, and show the reasons why we signed him. Um, and that nicely kind of segues us into obviously January window coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Chelsea don't tend to do a lot of business in the window. It's notoriously quite hard to, to get players in. Uh, obviously, one of our great January signings, Nicolas Anelka, uh, a while back, that, that, that was good, worked out a lot better than Fernando Torres did. Um, but, Everyone's going on about the left wing back position. You touched on it earlier. Um, Chilwell, good news today. As you said, he was back outside doing a bit of light jogging on the grass. Uh, could be available mid-January. Uh, even at a best case scenario that, I mean, he's not going to be up and running really till let's say maybe February, March, reaching potentially the form he, he was at. Um, for me, that news doesn't change the fact that we need to go inside the left wing back. For me, the sound I uh experiment that's done that just for me that doesn't work uh and Alonso we can't continue with him for the rest of the season if we're going to be serious about winning the Premier League um Nick where are you at with this wing back left wing back situation do you feel the club need to go and address it uh whether it's buying someone or recalling someone from loan I think there's the potential
1: for this to work out you know relatively well obviously Luca Dina has reportedly fallen out with Rafa Benitez at Everton I think he's a good player. I think we yeah. could maybe it's you know obviously we have to wait and see. But if the hell on Benitez last example, but he might he'd be someone I'd be if we're available go after in Jan because again, obviously that would then leave us with Alonso, Chilwell, and Dina. But then if we give, then gives us maybe we go okay. Cheers, Marcos. Thanks for everything. We let him go in the summer. Chilwell and Dina as options there. That might be an option. Look, Matson at the champ in the championship. Is is a big call to make, you know. He, he's been playing for Coventry. It's quite a step up to then, you yeah. know, going from playing for Coventry to then stepping into the side, going for a team, going for Premier League title. And I know Mason and Tammy, etc., and Reese, you know, went from playing in the Championship to the Premier League straight away. But they weren't when they came to Chelsea. They weren't playing in a team expecting to compete for a, for a Premier League title. They were basically just right learning on the job. Let's see if we can get top four. So I think the the different expectations are there now. So I would say it's it's not really an ideal scenario. But yeah, Sal Noguez just ain't it. I don't really want to see him wear a Chelsea shirt again, to be honest. Like, if we could terminate the loan in January, I would. But obviously, you know, Billy Gilmore and Conor Gallagher, we can't recall now because they played a a certain amount of games. So in their contracts, we can't recall them now. So that's unfortunate. But, and we're we're, realistically, we are stuck with Sal now to the end of the season. But I don't want to see him as a left wing back. Um, Yeah, Emerson, I doubt we'd recall. It's an option, maybe, but again, it's you know, it's it's kind of like an Alonso situation. It's just, do we really want to reach, rotate the two of them? And Emerson's probably doing quite well, in Leon getting regular game time, and it probably helps us for selling him in the summer. So it's not really an ideal scenario, I guess. Yeah, if we can maybe get someone like Adina, or if there's like a good loan option that you know just opens up in the left wing back role for someone, who knows? Then maybe that's an option. But otherwise, it's you know, just probably rotating Alonso, Sal, maybe Callum hudson maybe Christian Pulisic. It, left wing back for, for however long necessary. I don't see an ideal scenario. I don't see an easy, you know, replacement out there for us at the moment. So it's, it's quite hard to, to call.
0: Yeah, no, it is a difficult one because I think as fans, we all want someone to come in, but it's not as simple as just going and getting someone, you know, you've got to find the right profile, someone that's going to be good enough and that will slot into a, to a title challenging team. And then you don't want to be paying extortionately over the odds, which is why I said Luca Dino, is a, it, would be, it would be a great option. Be interesting to see if he's in the squad, the Everton squad for, for, for Thursday's fixture. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely something we should look at. I, I agree with you on Matson. He's obviously doing quite well at Coventry, but he hasn't played any Premier League football ever. So it's a massive ask for him to come up and expect him to do a job uh, in, you know, in multiple competitions going, going for big trophies. I don't think that would really make sense and neither would recalling Emerson because I think we'd obviously... Lose value on that buy option as well that Leon have got. I think for twelve million pounds they can get him for. So I think if we recall him back, that option disappears. Um So you probably want to keep that sweet. It's just a tough. It's just a tough balance to get right because you look at it like you think. Don't really want Alonso to go with Alonso for the rest of the season, but then equally I don't particularly want Aspie to play there. And I don't want Sanlegas to play there, and then uh, unless it's an absolute emergency, Hudson or Pulisic there is just it's just it's just a no go for me. Like they're not defenders, and you can tell when they play there that they don't they don't enjoy it. So I know you've got to do a job for the team sometimes, but you, I don't think you want to see that on a on a consistent basis. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But hopefully we can sort it out because it is it is a bit of a problem that that needs addressing. I mean, apart from the left wing back situation, I mean, I, I, I see it unless something unbelievable becomes available, there shouldn't really be any, any other incomings. You wouldn't expect any anyone else to come in.
1: No, exactly. I wouldn't see, you know, anyone to strengthen the first team squad. Obviously, Chelsea do some, just make signings just for the future, like years, years down the future, but I don't see anyone, any signs to be made to to strengthen our our first roster team now. January should be quite quiet for us, I reckon.
0: I mean, do you reckon there'll be any outgoings at all? I know um, we probably don't want to let too many squad players go, given the fact, you know, injuries, we're going in four competitions still, Uh, we need that depth, rotation, etc. I mean, are the only one I can think of potentially? Do you feel that Ross Barkley could be shipped on? I mean,
1: I guess so. Yeah, I mean, he's really only played he, Carabao Cup and and obviously he had he did have that one Premier League start against Burnley where he wasn't horrendous. He was all right. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine he's he's one we maybe consider. Obviously, I think if you know the left centre back situation, I think Malang Sarr is someone who has been talked about alone, but not unless Chelsea can get uh, someone else in. So. That one might be interesting, but yeah, outgoings, outgoings again is quite is quite tough. You know, I don't think really i be anyone. Maybe a few weeks ago, people might have thought Hakim Ziyech, but again, he's been in yeah. very decent form when he's played, mm-hmm. and I think he has a role to play for us still, as frustrating as he can be. So, I wouldn't see you know really any major goings aside from maybe yeah Ross Barkley.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, that, that, I mean generally he's normally quite quite a Chelsea as we've touched on. So yeah, essentially, if, if we could bring in the left wing back, I'd be delighted. But ultimately. I think we can probably get by with the current squad we've got, um, but yeah, the, the left the left hand side is is a bit of an issue that obviously a lot of fans would like to see addressed. Hopefully, the, the club see that in the same way. Um, we're just going to move on to some questions now that have obviously been sent in. We had, we had a few, so I'll do my best to get through all of them. Uh, Nick, first one. This one seems to come in quite a lot. Um, Declan Rice. Would you would you like to see him at Chelsea next summer? I mean loads of, I see it on socials all the time loads of fans wanting him to come back I'd love it to happen but when you actually then take a step back and think about it realistically a he's going to cost a lot of money and b he's going to want to play so I would say that one of Kante's Jorginho or Kovacic you probably need to leave to make space for him even in the squad
1: yeah um obviously look I would love Declan Royce at Chelsea I think he's a fantastic player um I think we could get by with with those four, to be honest, because, again, yeah. we've seen Kante does have injury issues. Jorginho's been playing through the pain and Kovacic, you know, seems to pick up injuries, whatever. You know, last year Mister sort of towards the end of the season, he missed about basically a month and a half or whatever, roughly some of that, or, well, he missed a lot of games. Um, so I think, you know, if Chelsea, you'd want to be playing in all fronts. And I know, obviously, Rice would want to play, Straight away, but I think you have Rice. You're not, you know, you're looking the long term as well. You're looking for someone ten years. So if he doesn't maybe play as much as he would like in the first couple of years, he'd still play enough. We play Champions League football. We play a lot, and it would give us give us options. You know, we'd be we're crying out for Declan Rice in this situation yeah. in midfield we're currently in now. So I know obviously then you've got the knock on effect of Wapp and someone like Conor Gallagher. You know, he's been out on loan twice. This, you know, next year he will probably want to really break into Chelsea. So weapons, someone like Billy Gilmore, et cetera you know, that, those things to consider. But ultimately, I think, you know, Rice, obviously, you know, the price is going to be interesting. That's going to Chelsea won't want to pay over the odds for him. Um, I don't, I just don't see it happening. You know, I'd love to see it happening. Yeah. I really want to see it happening. But right, I just, you know, there's so much talk about it. It was all, you know, everyone talks about how much they love Rice to Chelsea. I don't see Rice coming to Chelsea. I really want him to, but I just don't see it, see it happening, you know. And again, West Ham will be right they there going. They could be playing Champions League football next season. Yeah, so you probably want to stick around for for one more year um that if the option came to sign Declan Rice I would sign him but I don't think we have to sign Declan Rice and offload one of Kante, Jorginho or Kovacic you know purely just because you know Jorginho might be here maybe a couple more years obviously it depends his agent like will never shut up about you know <laughs> he, he's he may be returning to Italy one day so maybe he goes there you know Kovacic say he has some injury problems and Kante is now you know sort of 30 plus whatever he's getting more and more injury issues so you know i think we can we could sign rice and we could you know we could find a way we, we would make it work because again you look at see they've got all those all this talent in all these attacking yeah. positions you know they spend a lot on their attack and they you know they can just rotate them you know quite easily so i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if if however my 80 million or whatever deckton rice is 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 on the bench sometimes us. i don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world because all top teams have squad depth you know chelsea sides of the, of the early years obviously you know we weren't paying that much money for players but you know, midfield of Lampard, Balak, Essien, you know, etc. Yeah. You know, McAuley, you know, someone like Jeremy in there, Lusano Diara, there were options Chelsea yeah. had back there. So I don't think it's actually a bad thing to have loads of quality and loads of depth. And they say, I think Declan, if you sign Declan Rice, you're, you're looking long-term as well, not just the immediate short-term.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, and at 22 years of age as well, it's not essential that we get him next summer. I think there'll be other opportunities. But one thing we can't afford to do is let someone like Manchester City or... Or Man United sweep in and get him because I think it's clear that he probably would quite like to come back to Chelsea. You have to try and get agent Mount on it, their best mate. So see see if, see if anything can be done there. But I think it's more likely that we end up with Churmany from Monaco. Um, I'd probably expect that to happen next summer, far more likely than Declan Rice. Um, on to the next one. Then we've got um, how important is the Carabao Cup this season? Obviously, we saw when Mourinho first came in, that was the first trophy kind of we won as a group, and it kind of set us on our way. To, to you know a lot of success in uh ensuing years i mean is the carabao cup important to, to you this season uh at the start of the season
1: on our pod i actually predicted we win the carabao cup this yeah. year i don't know why. i just had a feeling um we're in the quarterfinals now we are probably the favorites you know liverpool of air club doesn't usually tend to play a strong side it's fair to win yeah. um saying that i think we'll see a rotate we'll say we'll see a b team against brentford i think we'll see a team similar to what we've seen in the previous rounds of the carabao cup um is it important? Look, if we don't win it, we don't win it. It's a shame. But I also do see that, as of right now, is probably one of our most realistic opportunities for a trophy. So I would like us to to go and win it. Um, we'll just see what happens. Obviously, I don't know if it, you know, again, I've not looked, you know, properly closely, but I don't know if the semi-final, is there potential for the semi-finals at all clash with the Club World Cup? If they don't, then, you know, that's fine. But obviously, if they do, then we might find ourselves in a situation where Liverpool did a couple oh, yeah. years ago where we have to basically just play the kids or etc. But I don't, I don't know exactly all, all the details the dates but if obviously if it doesn't clash and we're all good then um I'd say look the, we, the Carabao Cup it's not you know Tuchel's not going to be judged on if he wins or doesn't win the Carabao Cup um realistically this year he's, he's winning the Super Cup he should be winning the Club World Cup there's no excuses of that and he's you know realistically a decent season in the Prem he's got a good good chance as any with the FA Cup we always have got a good chance for the FA Cup and with this Champions League draw you know we should be getting to the quarterfinals yeah. easily so I think there's not the probably takes a bit of less pressure off you know given that we can probably go far in other competitions but as I said I would like to see us win it you know it's been been a while since you know for a lot of us fans anyway obviously we have some VFA Cup final last year but a lot of you know it's been a while since you know just fans had a day out at Wembley so it'd be quite nice to have a day out at Wembley in the new year sometime but yeah hopefully we can go far in our competition
0: yeah I hope so So I think it's I think it's actually a good competition to win um you know, I was I was, went to the last one last time. I made the final under Sarri when we lost on penalties to Manchester City. That was obviously disappointing. But yeah, I think it's the first opportunity to win a trophy. We've got a great chance. It's quite open. I know it's coming right in the midst of a of a you know a, a rush of fixtures, but I think we've got the squad depth to deal with. It should be able to get past Brentford and then then your semi finals and then final. So we're within touching distance of a out at Wembley, as you said. So yeah, I, I think it's important that we we do our best. But as you said, ultimately. At the end of the day, you know there's much bigger prizes up for grabs, and we're not going to be judged on on, on that one cup. But it, it would be nice. It would be nice to put it in the cabinet again. Um, on to the next one, then. How much of a blow is it going to be losing Edouard Mendy for January um, to the Nations Cup? Obviously, going to have Keppa stepping in. I have to say, since Tuchel's coming, I thought I think Keppa's done really well. Looks, I mean, I'm not saying he's as good as Mendy by any means, but um, he's. I think he's more than reliable as a backup, and he and he has he has done well this season. I mean, do you think it's a big blow?
1: Losing Mendy, of course, is a blow. But um, they say kind of out with Liverpool will be about Salah, Mane, etc. They're you know two huge players for them. Uh, City, I don't know, Marez is he unavailable? Maybe, but I've got confidence in Kepper. You know, like me, probably like our Chelsea fans, we had no confidence in Kepper before Tuchel came in. We thought the guy was a liability. Um, he's you know Tuchel. One of Tuchel things he's done when he's rebuilt Kepper, you know, slowly and gradually, obviously. You know he's made a name for himself from being a, sh- a penalty specialist in shootouts. Um, obviously, that's something he's got over Mendy. Mendy can't really say penalties, Kepper can, but um, look, obviously, there would be slightly less confidence, just because also you've thrown you know the opposition we're playing. Uh, but then again, when we went to Spurs during season, season, it'll, it'll be a different Spurs this time, but we went to Spurs home season, Kepper in goal because uh, Mendy was out injured and, and we did a job, we won 3-0, Keper didn't really have to do anything and what he had to do, he was fine. Um, yeah, I've got you know, I've got confidence in Keper It's obviously not the ideal situation to be in, but you know, he, he, whenever he's played, pretty much in the league under Tuchel, and in the cups, he's been reliable. So yeah, it's not the ideal situation, but yeah, I've got I've got confidence in him.
0: Yeah, no, I think I do as well. And in, in sort of all the positions, we could be missing someone. I think keeper is probably one of the ones where it's not as crucial as losing, say, a key outfield player, for example, uh, like Liverpool will, and like Manchester City will obviously lose Riyad Mahrez as well. Um, last couple then, whilst we're on the Club World Cup theme, how important is it that we uh, add this to the cabinet? Having obviously last time we, we lost in 2012, I think we had, that's when we had Rafa in charge. Um, and you don't get an opportunity very often to play in the Club World Cup. Uh, it's against teams that we should constantly be beating if we're being respectful and honest here. Um, is, for me, it's really important we get this one done because you don't get an opportunity very often to, uh, to play for it. Yeah, no, Zali, it's it's crucial we win this. Uh, I will never forgive Benitez for,
1: for ballsing this up. I will always hold this against Rafa Benitez. Um so yeah, it is it is crucial we win. And say I think, you know, they're changing. I don't know, but I thought you know they were changing the format of the Club World Cup, you know, in a couple of years somewhere. So they, you know, it's kind of becomes harder to win because you have more previous winners of the Champions League, not just for current winners. Um, but yeah, so we're playing, you know, lesser opposition with the greatest respect to them. So I'm, I'm pleased, I think, uh, whoever was, uh, Palmeiras won because it meant we avoided yeah. like Kennedy, David Luiz, etc. There was a potential, but one of them could have, have shocked us in, in the competition. But yeah, no, it's it's a competition we should be winning. It's a competition we have to win. And ultimately, it's a competition we haven't won yet. And it's a competition, you know, it's a very exclusive competition. You can only enter it by by winning the Champions League. So it's it's only one we want to win. And again, you know, it just makes the season that bit better if you've got that trophy. We judge the Chelsea season on the whole by, by the trophies we win and we've already got the Super Cup in the bag. We've got we've got the club World cup and bag. And, you know, I know we'd obviously like, you know, a more significant trophy than, than those two as well, but it just does give us something to look back on at, at the end of the season as, yeah, okay, we didn't maybe do what we want. But there were still some some trophies there, some you know, good moments to look back on. And as I say, it's you know, also just I guess from Tuchel's point of view, if he if he wins that, then he's got the clean sweep of, of you know the big trophies on the European front, obviously with the Champions League, the Super Cup and that trophy, and then you know, he can go, right, you know, I've got that let me go for sort of a domestic clean sweep. And then I've got an argument for, you know, being Chelsea's greatest ever manager. Cause I've, I've won it all. I've won it all on both fronts.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I completely agree with you, mate. I th- this is really important for me that we, we get this one on the bag. Um, and I, I think we will I think Tuchel's a fantastic manager. I think he's a great knockout manager as well. Um, so yeah, I think that bodes well for us. And I fully expect us to add that, uh, add that to the cabinet. Um, last one then, mate, before we wrap up, um, uh, Thoughts on Chelsea potentially moving on from Stamford Bridge in the future. I mean, there's been a few rumblings about this in the past. The old Battersea Power Station site didn't quite happen. You look at like you know Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, or even like teams like West Ham, Spurs. I've, I hate to say it, but they've got the best stadium in the world. Um, Chelsea, in that sense, obviously a massive football club in terms of you know quality of players, quality of managers. Um, and trophies they win etc but you'd say one thing that was lacking was a stadium to go with that we all love Stamford Bridge we love going there it's full of history um, but seemingly not possible to kind of expand the capacity and on the current site. I don't think we own the hotels etc so it's quite difficult to to expand there um, firstly would you like to do you think it will happen that Chelsea eventually leave Stamford Bridge and kind of what do you feel about it?
1: Well, I'm not sure we can leave Stamford Bridge due to to the CPO. You know, the Chelsea pitch owners and I actually own the, you know, own, own the bridge, own pitch, whatever. But it's it's one of those things where, as much as we all love Stamford Bridge, as much as we kind of love what it's like, we love how close we are to the pitch. I is probably you know, it is one of those things where you are really close to the pitch, where there is a really good view, et cetera. And the atmosphere can you know is really good. You know, on on those big nights, it is one of those where where. For A convenience point of view, it would be quite nice. I'm not gonna lie, you know, going through the virtual waiting room every however so often, good tickets. It would be nice if it was a bit less stressful. Uh, you know, it makes it that bit easier if we have a bigger stadium. Obviously, you get bigger stadium, you know, it, it changed I guess, it does change it. But I say, you know, as I said, point out, I've been to, to Spurs New Stadium twice to watch us play them, and it is a beautiful stadium. It is probably the best stadium in the Premier League. It would, you know. It probably, you know, it puts Chelsea, I guess, higher up in terms of status while having a bigger stadium. Like, I could, there are a lot of reasons to, you know, increase the size or whatever, move stadium, et cetera. I get it. Um, and maybe one day it will happen. I don't know. I don't see it really necessarily happening anytime anytime soon. Um, it, it does seem to be quite quiet on that front. I know people kind of talk about it a lot and go, you know, it'd be quite nice to do it. Um, I don't, you know, I'm happy with Stamford Bridge as it is. Right now, I'm going to be brutally honest. Like, I like I don't have any burning desire to, to, to move away or to, to increase capacity but obviously there would be perks if it was to you know capacity was to increase just you know in regards to tickets and it becoming easier yeah. and it would be easier for more people to go to games etc but I think you know it's it's also just one be careful what you wish for always say this be careful what you wish for you know look look what happened to Arsenal yeah moving from Highbury to the Emirates you know I'm I don't know exactly but I a lot of Arsenal fans probably aren't happy with that move it took west ham a long time to to really fans to get to be you know probably okay with moving to the olympic stadium now or the london stadium is it's called you know there's probably some that still unhappy with that move but it seems like now moise's team moise is doing a good job there that you know that stadium teams to be see be a happier place but for a long time that was a really poisonous poisonous place um so yeah i, mean, I always think be careful what you wish for us you know in terms of what you're doing with this but it's one of those where if it happens, like I'm probably not going to be as maybe vehemently opposed to it as maybe I was in the past.
0: Yeah, 100%. I just think it's one of those things that naturally is probably going to happen. And I guess, you know, football evolves. We like to be traditionalists with certain aspects of it. Um, I love the old school grounds, you know, your White Hart lanes, your High Breeze, your Upton parks, et cetera. And I think kind of Stanford Bridge probably won the last of those. And it would be a shame if we moved on, but I guess you have to evolve with the times. And it would be nice to have a great stadium. Um, and I think at some point it will happen, but I I don't think it's kind of top of the priorities right now, but I I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. And anything that kind of gives fans a greater opportunity to go to games and make the ticket buying process just a little bit easier, as you said, is, uh, it's certainly a, a plus for me. But yeah, that's all the questions guys. Thanks for sending those in. Um, before we round out, Nick, uh, where's the best place for people to check out your stuff, your podcasts, socials, etc.? Uh where's best for them to go?
1: Yeah, so if you've enjoyed listening to me for the last fifty or so minutes, uh, you can find us on Twitter at that Chelsea Pod, on Instagram at that Chelsea Pod, on you know, whatever podcast platform you listen on, just search that Chelsea Podcast and we should come up. Yeah, it's just a podcast by me and my mate Jack, just talking about Chelsea. Uh kind of just do a weekly show looking back on on the matches, talking to a variety of people, for, you know, on on Chelsea Twitter side, you know, have had, you know, some just, yeah, FT personalities, I guess, and also, you know, privileged enough sometimes to speak to, to some journalists, etc., as well. So, you know, we do, we just, yeah, we just talk Chelsea with our mates and yeah, it, it's good fun. And hopefully, you know, if people have enjoyed this, then they can come over and, and check us out.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I've linked all that in the description below, guys. So make sure you go and check that out. Some good stuff on there. Um, yeah that brings up full time on another episode of the podcast if you've been watching live on youtube thanks for watching thanks for joining in. make sure you do smash like on the video make sure you subscribe to the channel guys appreciate all of your support nick thanks very much for joining me really appreciated it enjoyed that um guys we'll catch you in the episode next week